Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 11th, 2012. For newcomers, as always, I get this out the road at the start of the broadcast. I tell you to make good use of cutting through the matrix.com. You'll see a bunch of official sites listed there. They all carry downloads of audios for free, and they also carry transcripts in English for prints up for free as well. And if you want transcripts in other languages, you'll see Alan Sentinel.eu on that site as well, on the comm site. And that will give you a variety to choose from. Remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you, and you can keep me ticking along here by getting the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and donating, hopefully too. And at the U, from the US to Canada, remember you can still use personal checks and international postal money orders from your post office. You can send cash or use PayPal. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome. And for years now, I've gone through the, the agenda, basically giving you the future, because the future is always printed up for you to see if you know where to look and you understand what you're really looking at. It's very important that too. And you're not uh, sidetracked by all the useless data that's hammered at you every day. Tons and tons of this data. And you're overloaded with it too. This is a technique, of course, to to basically uh, to do just that. You, you crash down and uh, you, you forget what you've read, what the important things are. And, you, and it's hard for you to put things together. And you have to be able to put things together to understand what's really going on, what has gone on, and where it's all supposed to go as well. It's a technique that's used. And I've mentioned before from the sites and some of the intelligence agencies, they would use these techniques on the public. And they've done an awfully good job of doing it too. So, as I've said, go through the website and you'll find the history of the system that you're living in and the boys who started it up, at least openly. I'm sure it was on the go for centuries before that under different names, but they did they come out in the late 1800s and in the early 20th century, actually. And... Um, they, they formed a Royal Institute for International Affairs, which eventually had branches across the world in every country, and their other branches generally are called Council on Foreign Relations, uh, because Royal doesn't go down too well in places like the US. And the whole idea was to use the British Empire as a staging base of a system uh, to copy across the world, bringing in a form of democracy, which was brand new to Britain even, mind you. And even when these guys started up, Britain didn't have democracy as you think of it today. It didn't have all the uh, um, um, equal rights, etc., and special promotion of certain minorities and all that kind of stuff. That wasn't heard of until much, much later. In fact, most of the guys didn't even have the vote themselves when the Royal Institute of International Affairs came out with their studies, unless you owned land or property. So anyway, democracy is a, is a con trick, of course, to get everybody to go along with what you think is fairness. And, of course, you have this, this big powerful group above it all that always end up the top jobs over all the fair distribution of everything and the managing of all societies. And there certainly is a group doing that. And uh, it's very, very, very powerful. 
So you're managed through your, your whole life now. You're born into a very carefully constructed system. It is total, in fact, it's studied as so well, human nature, through behaviorism. Now the neuroscientists in there working on your minds all the time. Uh, and even giving you the things that you like and you don't like, even the things that that you feel guilty about thinking about or even questioning, and uh, that's all put into your head as well through through scientific indoctrination. It's very, very uh, carefully done, and it works awfully, awfully well, so that you never really look at the real problems in the world. And... Um, and, and it's taught in school very, very early on and indoctrinated the children with it too because that's what you must always do. Every totalitarian system grabs the children first and it's hard for them to ever change once perfect indoctrination is taking place. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and talking about the big system you're born into and you live in and of course how it's supposed to be presented to you by the media as things just happening at the time spontaneously, out of nowhere, no planning, etc. And nothing is further from the truth. Everything that happens in the world is planned with micro-precision. Every single thing that happens, uh, social-wise, uh, with wars and the reason for the wars, even how you take countries down long, long before they even start the first shot and the first mention of it even in the media. So everything's planned way, way ahead because there's a big agenda on the go and you have to go into the World War Two, in fact, to find out um, the, the various groups that were set up by the U.S. presidents to look into uh, denazifying the U.S. actually. That was the term they used because they thought that could be uh, another replication of what happened in Germany and certain groups were very, very interested in taking the reins of power and altering the culture of the US and the whole of the Western world been awfully successful. But uh, this is all part of it too, including the multiculturalism as well, which is, has helped to destroy the cultures of, of, of the world. That's been deliberately installed. It has been since the days of Marx, actually. He promoted all of that as well for that very reason. And, uh, and then they bring in a massive welfare state as well, makes the whole country dependent upon the few at the top, which creates a lot of jobs for the few at the top. And, uh, and then they manage you and you're, you're basically slaves. It's quite, it's quite a simple technique of taking down and ruling. But here's an article here too on, and it's, it's a repetition of many repetitions, more peop, more spying on citizens in Stasi in, in the US uh, than on Stasi East Germany ever had. And it says that, um, this is an interview Wall Street Journal reporter Julia Angwin, uh, who was one of the best at covering the surveillance state in the U.S., made a simple observation that puts much of this into context. The U.S. surveillance regime has more data on the average American than the Stasi ever did on East Germans. Indeed, the American government has more information on the average American than Stalin had on Russians, Hitler had on Germans, or any other government has ever had on its people. And, and by the way, it's not just the American government. So, I mean, you can understand at the top here, you're an international intelligence agency who's got the information on every government and every people. 
It says the American government is collecting and storing virtually every phone call, purchase, email, text, messages, internet searches, social media, communications, health information, employment history, travel, and student records, and virtually all other information of every American. All your, all your uh, conversations and so on, everything has been tracked. So I'll put that up tonight. I wouldn't go through it because you've heard it all before. But it's the end of privacy. I've mentioned that article before, the end of privacy. It's a series of talks given by a guy that, who was, is into all this kind of stuff and um, who actually uh, works with the government sometimes too. And he, he talked about the end of privacy in a, in a series of talks. And it's quite in-depth and it's total. That's the world you have to be brought up in, you see. Now also, too, uh, I've talked about Lord Levison or Levison, whatever it is called, how he pronounces it in, in, in Britain. And he's a top lawyer, her Lord, Lord Justice is called Lord Justice Levison. And he's into really trying to gag the media. And is it your counterpart of his pal over in Australia doing the same thing in Australia, which they've done, I think, pretty successfully. But um, they try to gag the media and actually all the people too to do with your blogs and your tweets and everything else. But this, this came from a, a blogger here who's a, a, a reporter. And he says that uh, the prank called by the Australian radio presenters who got a condition report from, for the Duchess of Cambridge's nurse by pretending to be the Queen and Prince Charles proved the need for new privacy laws, Lord Justin Levison has said. However, I received a disturbing telephone call this afternoon from one of Lord Justice Levison's key advisers. He says, I sh- this, is a, this is a reporter. I should note before continuing that due to the fact that Lord Justice Levison has gagged his own people from speaking out, I will not be naming my source from within his own camp under any circumstances. I'm just going to lay out my conversation with my source and include as much information as pertinent. The source said that because you've written articles about Ken Clark on the internet making serious allegations of sexual assault, Levison is going to set you up by saying that you are indulging in gossip on the internet to discredit a senior member of parliament. He went on to say that once you and the bloggers who published your articles have been dealt with in the press, then the government will rush in new laws to deal with censorship of the internet. In other words, you're going to be the poster child for internet censorship, my source said. This is also happening so that the government can bring in what appears to be from the public point of view legitimate press censorship, but of course it isn't. I mean, not legitimate. I asked my source if it was true, then why hadn't Ken Clark sued me already? And I haven't received so much as a solicitor's letter from Clark or the Cabinet's office. The source said Ken Clark was advised not to sue you so that they could use your allegations to bring about censoring of the web. And it says, so now I guess I know that what Levson meant when he talked about salacious gossip on the Internet, or rather who he was talking about. Do I believe this? Should I believe this? Should you believe this? The world has taken leave of its senses of late and we're being pushed into a financial and social collapse created out of control uh, foreign bankers. Uh, they've even disbanded the military for a month and now they want to get their hands on the internet. So for the corporate takeover of this country to be complete, and corporate is a, is a, a camouflage word for something else that's been there for a long time working across the world, by the way. In order to have a state-controlled and licensed media, you would need to shut down bloggers and journalists on the internet who have differing opinions of that of the government. So it makes perfect sense if we're living in Nazi Germany or the former Eastern Bloc or China. But this is Great Britain, or is it, it says. So I'll put this up tonight too, and it just shows you they're really working and working and working to censor the internet. 
and uh, they're using all these cases to do it. Even this whole nonsense, too, to do with uh, this nurse dying, strangely dying, and uh, the first report said that she was found dead, and then the second report said she committed suicide, but they didn't know how. Well, how could you make, the, make that statement if you didn't know how, that she, if you know how she'd done it to say that she committed suicide? And... Um, and what it is, I think, really, too, is that what really happened is these reporters from Australia um, got more information than has been released to the to the, the public. And the reason why she was really in, which may have been something else, who knows, you know, because they're party people, remember. And it's very seldom that people end up in the hospital because of morning sickness, especially in the late evening. Anyway. Uh, something happened there and someone was quickly dealt with, obviously. That's what happened there. Now, in geopolitics, the top geopoliticians that we know of, and there's a lot of them out there today, some of the older ones, of course, are still on the same old agendas and still working hard at the top. And Zygmunt Brzezinski comments on the Georgia-Russian relations. Now, so did Hillary Clinton recently, too, where she claimed that Russia was trying to get all its old Soviet partners back on board, all the Soviet bloc countries, and create their own bloc. Well, why not? Because, I mean, Canada's done it. The U.S. has done it. We've got the NAFTA deals. We've got the the GATT Treaty with China. We've got the Trans-Pacific Partnership deals all signed up with other countries. So, naturally, Russia is doing the same thing. Anyway, it says here, especially when they're getting surrounded by missiles by the U.S. and Britain and everybody else, and they are getting surrounded by them, by the way. But his former national security advisor, Zygmunt Brzezinski, thinks that Georgia can become an ally to Russia, but on the expense of his friendship with the United States. Brzezinski touched on the issue of Georgia in his speech before the U.S. Congress. He says Georgia is eventually becoming a candidate of Russian ally and on the expense of his friendship with the U.S., considering the meaning of the baku kafan pipeline. This is only one part of the problems in Russia, as there are more problems in the country. In Russia, they should understand that they need to get closer to the West for flourishing and success. We're all plummeting down the tubes. I'm sure maybe these guys at the top don't notice personally. I guess their their wages are index-related, you know, cost of living. Otherwise, they will lose it with China. Democratization, this is a buzzword, democratization. It actually means you've been dominated by a special few who have a lot in common with each other across the world. That's what it means. This is, is one of the main preconditions for Russia's success, and this is likely to happen after Putin. You may assess this as a historic optimism, but I'm sure that Russia's getting closer with the West is inevitable, Brzezinski said. And uh, it was published in the Voice of America, that particular article. But um, they're not too happy with it at all. And also, this article here says, Georgia's waiting for concrete steps from Russia. This is waiting for concrete steps in the process of restoring relations with the neighbour. This is how the Georgian authorities have commented on the recent statement by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, who said on Sunday that Moscow would host a meeting with the Georgian Prime Minister's special representative in the near future. Russian Foreign Minister defined that Moscow and Tbilisi were clarifying relations and Russia aimed to make it out uh, what the Georgian government means when emphasising the need of normalisation with Russia. Also said that Russia had never refused to have contacts with Georgia and was always prepared for compromise. Russian senior diplomats didn't rule out discussion of restoring permanent direct air communications with Georgia.
And the Russian press secretary has also touched the issue of Georgia-Russian relations. Dmitry Peskov did not rule out official contracts with Georgia. However, ruled out contact with one person, arguably meaning that uh, Saakashvili in this direction, Peskov hopes that negotiations will develop positively. So it's all to do with money, oil, and pipelines, and gas, and all the rest of it going through. So that's exactly what the U.S. would do with Canada or Mexico. Same, same idea. And this article, too, again, it's to do with uh, there's no privacy, forget it. Uh, and people have got the message, forget it. Most actually don't really care, to be honest with you, especially the younger people. They don't care at all. Uh, they're growing up in this system. They think it all must be normal because it's simply there. Cell phone apps are spying on children by giving advertisers their phone number and their exact locations. The U.S. government is investigating. I love this when they always say they're investigating, like they don't know this is going on. Whether software companies that make cell phone apps have violated the privacy rights of children by quietly collecting personal information from phones and sharing it with advertisers and data brokers. Well, they're sharing with the government too, right? The Federal Trade Commission said Monday that such apps can capture the child's physical location, phone numbers of their friends and more. The FTC described the marketplace for mobile applications dominated by online stores operated by Apple and Google as a digital danger zone with inadequate oversight. But you see, it's to monitor the children right through their lives, into adulthood and beyond. That's what it's about, folks. We're totally, totally under totalitarianism. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. And yesterday I talked about Bill Gates and a company that's making clothing. It's nanofibers in the clothing that can transmit drugs uh, into the, through the skin to uh, be contraceptives. Uh, could sterilize you too. They could actually dope you as well and make you awfully happy and stupid when you shouldn't be and things like that. However, this is the way that they're going with it all. Remember they want to bring pharma into big, big time. Orwell talked about this and other ones did too. And uh, they talked about pharma and Huxley as well would have a big, big role to play in the subduing of the populations to be dominated and taken over. But anyway, scientists now create a condom that protects against sexually transmitted diseases. And that's quite a big claim that. They always give you these claims, you see, by dissolving inside the body. And it says, uh, and it's the same techniques as the, the stuff that makes the clothing. The, the female condom could safeguard from HIV and so on. And um, it says, designed to dissolve after use, either within minutes or several days. Eey, yuck. A female condom which can protect against pregnancy and blah, 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 by dissolving inside the body has been developed. And they claim that the discrete protection can safeguard people, etc. And they keep saying that because they want to get that through your head and associate with it, you see. By melting and releasing chemicals. The researchers at the University of Washington developed a condom from tiny microfibers through a method called electrospinning. That's the same stuff that Gates is on about with the clothing. And it says the cloth-like fibers can be woven from medicine into extremely thin webs. They're designed to dissolve after use, either within minutes or several days, because it's nano technology. Not only would the condom block sperm, it could time-release a potent mix of anti-HIV drugs and hormonal contraceptives. The team was given $1 million to develop the technology which uses an electrical field to charge fluid through air to create the very fine nanometer-sized fibers. 
And Kim Woodrow, the UW Assistant Professor of Bioengineering, said, I love that term, bioengineering, eh? Says our dream is to create a product women can use to protect themselves from HIV. You know, it's not to get stinking rich. That's what it's about, <laughs> an unintended pregnancy. It says we have the drugs to do that. It's really about delivering them in a way that makes them more potent and allows a woman to want to use it. Well, they will put something in it'll be addictive to make you be awfully happy. Professor Woodrow presented the idea and co-authors Emily Krogstad and Cameron Ball, both first-year graduate students, agreed to pursue the project at a meeting held last year. Ball added the method allows controlled release of multiple compounds. We're able to tune the fibres to have different release properties. One of the fabrics dissolves within minutes, offering users immediate protection, while another fabric dissolves gradually over a few days, providing an alternative to the birth control pill to provide um, contraception. And they're always going to protect against HIV, yeah, sure. While the researchers agree the technology is more discreet, they admit uh, people may have some doubts. At the time of sex, are people going to actually use it? That's uh, where... That's where having multiple options really comes into play, Krogstad told the University of Washington. And there's a little video on it, and the, the scientists explain the electrospinning process for those who really want to get into it. Now, I understand, too, that uh, the population reduction is awfully important uh, as far as your big masters are concerned, the world masters. Very important stuff. And they really mean it too. They want to really radically reduce population very quickly now. And one of the last meet, big meetings that came out from the Rockefeller Group and all the ones that belong to that Lucky Gene Club, as they nickname it, uh, they said we've done lots of uh, prevention, meaning abortions and so on, across the world, but now we must go into rapid depopulation. Now, how do you think they're going to do rapid depopulation, folks? I mean, when these guys speak, they they don't even mean what they say. They don't make wish lists and hand off to Santa Claus, you know. Uh, They really get things into action. And and you can see all around you, people are dying of all kinds of things today. And new cancers are are popping up all the time. They don't even have names for the types of growths anymore. There's so many of them just, just coming out the blue. But there's a war on, you see. There's a war on, a directed war with a central head, with real missionaries that go out to, to, like agents, into the world to make it democratized, as they want to call it. If people don't want to take on this system, they're bombed out of existence. And then they must bring in multiculturalism to destroy the original societies and the culture, because original societies, societies and their culture is an enemy to the dominant minority that rules the world, you see. So they can rule it, you see. And um, there's a lot of history on this for those who want to, to look into it. But uh, all part of it, too, was to debase the culture. I've mentioned uh, Adorno, for instance, from the Frankfurt School. He was even right into the whole agenda from his particular people's point of view. And he said to bring it right down to necrophilia. Once we've got to that stage, he says we're, we're pretty well conquered. And part of it, and the way down the tubes, was to um, create massive promiscuity, break up the family unit a la Karl Marx's program, because they're all Marxists too at the top, but they're also capitalists. You actually can combine the two together, these people. And they really do believe that to destroy societies, destroy the family, create massive promiscuity until cultures are just falling apart and peoples are falling apart too. Then they step, step in with their psychiatries and psychologies and so on and agencies and rule you in a welfare state. And But you see it all the time as we go down and down and down the tubes. Now here's an article here, for instance, about real-life Barbie dolls. 
We all like Barbie dolls. And this is mainstream, you know. And it says, I'm a Barbie girl too. Living doll Valerie Lukianova meets her match. And now the pair intend to take America by storm. And it shows you these two that have had incredible amounts of, of plastic surgery. And they call it cosmetically enhanced looks. Nothing's real in them. And they look like dolls. This is supposed to be a, and it's a happy kind of article. It's all happy. Be upbeat about it. As they disfigured themselves. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and cutting through the Matrix and talking about how society has been destroyed by design. And when you see these articles appearing in the paper, as I say, about, about people literally mutilating themselves to look like Barbie dolls, then you know it's pretty well all over. And of course, it also elevates science up to the top. You know, the surgeon's knife in science, you see. Isn't that wonderful, they say? And it says, um, and what does it say for women in general? What's it saying about women that they're all what Barbie dolls use for what? Think about it. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Which is also the, the whole object. Going back to the, the Frankfurt School, this is what they wanted. Dysfunctional society where people can't even bond with a partner to have a child. And most of the children are now getting aborted. What a change has been taken over uh, society and the culture is destroyed. They don't even know it because, you see, they've adapted all along the way and they don't know they've actually lost their culture. The culture they're living in today was created for them. They don't know that. But it says that now that Valerie is joined by 24-year-old year old, uh, Dominica, real name Olga Olinik, who also owes her shape and image to the surgeon's knife. So hurrah for surgeons, right? They met on the internet and so on. They both come from the Ukrainian city, uh, a Ukrainian city of Olinik, uh, or not Olinik, sorry. Um, it doesn't say here. Uh, Odessa it was. And then they got together because they're both into mutilating themselves and looking like Barbie dolls. No kidding. And of course, then they bring in the same old rubbish. This had destroyed the old religions and these have been hammered this way too near their countries. They're into this, this new spiritual way. So a new spiritual way. We have the same outlook and lifestyle. Because you see, they destroyed the old religions. And the pair have been holding lectures on spirituality. These two deformed goons are, 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 <laughs> are charging cash to, to teach spirituality. And the user looks to attract participants, as claimed. And they're planning to move to America. It will be a big hit in America. And um, Dominica's boyfriend is living in the U.S. and the husband wants to start a business there too. I'll bet he does. He said, I'm not going to be bored abroad. I'm often invited to photo shoots and parties. I bet she's invited some amazing parties with very, very wealthy, important people. I guarantee you. I mean, here's something new and kinky here. So they'll be into that like a, you wouldn't believe. And that's what they're in mainstream. Like, it's a happy thing. This is a happy thing. You just understand the way it's promoted. Also in mainstream, here's a daughter and her mother into performing sex. A daughter and a mother. Mainstream. And again, there's no ridicule here because you can't, you can't uh, criticize this stuff anymore, you understand? This is the end thing. 
It's promoted from the top. And I enjoy sex and being with my mum, mother and daughter porn duo, on how much they're going to be filthy rich. There you go. And a mother and daughter from Florida have created a porn site with performing film sex scenes together, and known as the Sextons, etc. And they bring guys into it too. And they're just looking forward to all the money. And again, not not a single uh, criticism by anybody, because there's nothing. There's nobody left to criticise anymore. I mean, religions are staid and nasty, according to the ones that dominate the world and create this kind of culture for you to follow. But uh, well, it's done. It's all over, you see. And then you go into the United Nations, and this article here came out in the summer. It says, United Nations Commission calls for legalizing prostitution worldwide. UN peacekeepers continue to exploit Congolese girls and women, using girls as young as 13 as prostitutes. Remember, they want to do away with the consensual age at the United Nations as well. This is an arm of the dominant minority that run the world. Also here too in West Australia, of all places, study of the Holocaust is mandated for schools. Why? It says the leaders of both organizations have been extremely supportive. It says uh, Vic uh, Alhadev, New South Wales Jewish Board of Deputies. The study of the Holocaust will become compulsory for all New South Wales school students in years 9 and 10 after the Jewish Board of Deputies lobbied the state government for the curriculum change. Why don't they have holocaust for every people that's been slaughtered? I mean, I mean, there's lots and lots and lots to choose from. Why don't they? And teach you that governments are very dangerous things. Doesn't matter if it's a new, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a new type of government, or or an old type of government. All governments are the same in the end when they're taken over and run by the wrong peoples. So we've seen that in the Soviet Union, for God's sake. That's where it all started. Mass slaughters. Same thing in Hungary when they took over Hungary and, and other countries in the Ukraine. Mass slaughters. I think we should put lots of, of, of ones up for all these different people across the, the, down through history they've been slaughtered en masse. Why don't we do that? Why is it only one people? Well, it's because I've mentioned before at the end of World War II, the Macy Group was brought in to the U.S. along with the Frankfurt School, and they were given the rights and lots of money to promote in universities, and it became curriculum too, uh, how to destroy uh, the present existing system and culture, because they claimed that the U.S. could turn into a Nazi-type society as well. And they brought that same culture into most Western countries as well. And it's taught en masse in the schools and by so-called sociologists, people in the social sciences. A lot of them came in too from all these countries, uh, as such as the Soviet Union, Poland, elsewhere. And that's a fact, folk. You can check them all up. It's in the history books. So anyway, here's another article here. U.S. troops mass on the Turkey's Syrian border. It says some 400 U.S. and Dutch NATO troops were massed on Turkey's Syrian border Friday and fears besieged President Bashar al-Assad was poised to use chemical weapons. Actually, uh, from the from the Assad side, they're, they're warning the world that the so-called rebels are invading them. They're all paid for by the West to bring in democracy, understand. Um, they're the ones who are likely to use chemical weapons, which is probably true. And the soldiers were, were beefing up Turkey's border and, and readying Patriot missiles three days after NATO agreed to deploy the MIM-104 Patriot surface-to-air missile system in Turkey. Ankara had requested the installations as a defense against a Syrian missile attack, possibly with chemical weapons. 
Uh, this will work, of course, because, you know, my weapons of mass destruction has worked before, and then it doesn't matter. After the event, it doesn't matter if, if it's all lies, as long as they achieve their objective of, of demolishing uh, another country that won't give in and become standardized and bring in democracy uh, and, and then bring in minority hiring and all the other things that go with it, the welfare state, single mums, and, and, you know, Barbie dolls and prostitution. It's quite simple, isn't it? I read the article before about perpetual war and other ones from the military magazines written by by um, intelligence officers saying they would use the debased culture of America because America is not America anymore. No country is what it used to be anymore. We've adapted into new cultures that were designed for us. And, uh, and they want to spread this across the world. The same debasing... They actually say that, that. The same debasing culture will spread around the world because it's weaponized. And that destroys them, you see. I might put those articles up again tonight for you. And after this this talk. And also tonight's... This article here is about vaccines uncensored. It says, Only about 15% of medical interventions are supported by solid scientific evidence. This is partly only because 1% of articles in medical journals are scientifically sound and partly because many treatments have never been assessed at all. And it's from Richard Smith, MD, editor of British Medical Journal, and Russell Blaylock. says that the medical establishment has created a set of terms which they use constantly to boost their egos and firm up their authority as the unique holders of medical wisdom. The mantra is evidence-based medicine, as if everything outside their anointing touches bogus and suspect. A careful examination of many of the accepted treatments reveals that most have little or no scientific evidence-based data to support them. One often reported study uh, found that almost 80% of medical practices had no scientific backing. And it's a fact. I've read the article here in the facts. That was promotes it during their papers. Oh, a paper has, has, has declared that blah, blah, blah. It sounds wonderful. And then uh, as, as other people try to replicate the findings, they can't do it and it's all forgotten, tucked away. But it says, um, this is from Richard Blaylock, MD, neurosurgeon, vaccines, neurodevelopment and autism spectrum disorders. The propaganda dispensed by public healthcare and vaccine apologists is at best a weak attempt to rationalize the healthcare establishment's positions using all the tools of doublespeak, or as George Orwell's called it in his book 1984, newspeak, to, to mislead, distort reality and pretend to communicate, make the bad seem good, avoid and or shift responsibility, make the negative appear positive, create a fast verbal map of the world, and create dissonance between reality and what the narrative said or did not say. Such propaganda often relies on half-truths and or superficially logical but foundationally flawed and based on pseudoscience or non-reviewable statistical studies of medical records, where, contrary to ethical science, the studies design data selection rejection criteria, exact approach used to evaluate the data, and or the original data itself are kept confidential, making independent evaluation and verification of the published findings impossible. It's like Monsanto's stuff. You're not allowed to test their stuff. Or the GM's food that they're creating. No one else is allowed because they've got it all patented, you see. But you're supposed to eat it. Your government mandates that you eat the stuff. 
And it says, I find it interesting that there exists an incredible double standard when it comes to our evidence versus theirs. The proponents of vaccination safety can just say they are safe without any supporting evidence whatsoever, and it will be accepted without question. They can announce that Merck is not only safe, but it seems to actually increase the IQ, and we are, we are to accept it. They actually did that in the States, and one, one ad they put out. It helps your IQ, the stuff that kills you off, you know. Makes you a zombie. It says the vaccinated versus the non-vaccinated, why no official studies? It says the public is surely entitled to convincing proof beyond any reasonable doubt that artificial immunization is in fact a safe and effective procedure and no way injurious to health and that the threat of the corresponding natural diseases remains sufficiently clear and urgent to warrant mass inoculation of everyone, even against their will if necessary. Unfortunately, such proof has never been given. It's as incredible as it sounds, a controlled study comparing vaccinated and unvaccinated children has never been done in America for any vaccination. The only explanation for this is bias and political pressure. This means that vaccination is essentially a large-scale experiment on our nation's children. By the way, they did do comparisons. They do it every year to do with the flu shots. And after they've given you, come come this spring, they always tell you that uh, every every year they tell you the same stuff. That there's no difference between those that got the flu with those who got vaccination and, and the ones who were unvaccinated. There's no difference at all in the different groups. All, you know, they all go getting it. It says there's never been a single vaccine in the country that's ever been submitted to a controlled scientific study. They never took a, a group of 100 people who were candidates for a vaccine, gave them 50 of them a vaccine, and left the other 50 alone and measured the outcome. And since that's never been done, that means if you want to be kind, you will call vaccines an unproven remedy. If you want to be accurate, you will call people who give vaccination vaccinations quacks. And it says there's a wider problem because of the failure to carry out long-term randomized controlled studies, properly conducted scientific investigations, which would monitor the effects of multiple early vaccination versus non-vaccination into adulthood. What we do know is the massive uh, allergic responses everyone has now. They've all got, everyone today has, a, has a, a, a diminished immune system. Everyone. And that's taken and taught as normal now in the medical schools. It's normal now. In the last 50 years, we went from having a really good immune system into a much more inefficient one today. Allergies and adult asthma are just massively, again, suddenly here, a new normal. And that's taught as normal now in the schools as well. Same with all the cancers. All the cancers. Oh, it's new normal. Yeah, it's okay. It says long-term effects, is everyone, is anyone looking? The CDC immunization policy is a scientific disgrace because vaccines only get short-term tests, not controlled tests for long-term side effects. And these are all from doctors and PhDs and so on. So evaluation of side effects in most studies was restricted to a 40 to 72 hours. Needless to say, many serious side effects show up long after that time span. Nevertheless, most of these studies pretend to prove the safety of the vaccine. If you don't die in 72 hours, uh, then it's quite safe. That's as far as they go with it. Never mind what happens afterwards, you know, if your IQ starts plummeting and so on, but that doesn't matter. Safety studies on vaccines are limited to short periods. For this reason, there are valid grounds for suspecting that many delayed types vaccine reactions may be taking place unrecognized. Well, my personal opinion is this is all weaponized, and they know darn well at the top exactly what it does and what it's intended to do. And uh, this is part of bringing us all down to compliant populations. As mentioned before, how does Rockefeller say we'll have to bring in rapid depopulation? 
Then you have other ones like Aldous Huxley and Julian Huxley, his brother, who worked at the United Nations. And they said the same thing. They bring in pharma at the end, too, to, to dull down and dope the people. Well, certainly working. The IQ is dropping. That's official. They're doing studies on that every year. That's normal. It's new normal. It's okay. What's causing it? Oh, we don't know. So anyway, it's all, I'll put these articles up tonight. Remember, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And just to mention, too, that how society is plummeting, all the new normals, and how everything's promoted is wonderful, wonderful. It's not what it is. It's wonderful. At West Point, New York, it says Cadet Chapel, the landmark Gothic church that's the Center for Spiritual Life at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, hosted its first same-sex wedding on Saturday. And Penelope uh, Gnesson and Brenda Sue Fulton, a West Point graduate, exchanged vows in the Regal Church in an afternoon ceremony attended by about 250 guests and conducted by a senior army chaplain. The two have been together for 17 years, did a civil commitment ceremony that didn't carry any legal force in 1999, and long hoped to formally tie the knot. The way was cleared last year when New York legalized same-sex marriage and President Barack Obama lifted the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, prohibiting openly homosexual people from serving in the military. The brides both live in New Jersey and would have preferred to have the wedding there, but the state doesn't allow gay marriage. We couldn't wait any longer, Fulton told the Associated Press in a phone interview Saturday. So they had it at West Point, New York, Cadet Chapel, it says here. The landmark Gothic Church, the Center for Spiritual Life at the U.S. Military Academy. There you go. And also, too, I'll put up a link tonight. It's called Sweden's Big Government Utopia Unmasked, it says. And it's quite interesting. Um, Sweden is a, one of the big countries that really has pushed basically what's called communism from a, for a long, long time and uh, implemented all the policies. They led the world in grabbing children. They still do. If you scold your child too hard, severely, that you, you lose them. It's gone, you know, things like that. And you pay a high tax, certainly, uh, to keep all these government agencies on the go. Everybody accepts it over there. And uh, you do get health care and all the rest of it, and free abortions, and yada, yada, yada. But it says, Sweden's big government utopia is unmasked, it says. It says, the kingdom of Sweden has been re- revered by supporters of big government around the world for decades, cited by statist uh, uh, college professors and policymakers everywhere. It started with the myth that its socialist system could simultaneously provide freedom, prosperity, and generous welfare benefits to all. But now the illusion is beginning to crumble. The Swedish government has become notorious worldwide in recent years. Its blatant, sometimes brutal suppression of religious freedom, well, that's the first mandate, you see. Educational liberty and the traditional family is well known amongst Western nations. And, of course, they're arresting preachers for hate speech. Just for quoting the Bible. Same as everywhere else. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. We're cutting through the Matrix, talking about Sweden. I'm just going to go into a caller in a minute, but... As I say, um, this article goes on to talk about uh, the notion that there's no de- difference between genders and so on. It's getting really pushed to the limits in Sweden, where they're banning him, her, and and so on. Uh, it's getting ridiculous. But there's more happening there I might touch on tomorrow. Now, we'll go to the caller. There's a Dennis from Michigan hanging on there. Are you still there, Dennis? Yes, sir. Yep, go ahead. Um, a real quick, short question um, on tragedy and hope. Yeah. I'm almost up to... Uh 
page 1100, and he's been talking about uh, fellow travelers. Is this esoteric or? Yeah. Yeah, fellow travelers. Understand that um, there was a massive movement uh, early on uh, of let's let's call it Marxism. And uh, those who hung around and didn't join the parties, you know, didn't take cards out and join the parties, uh, were often called fellow travelers, but also referred to Freemasons. Okay, yeah. Because the Freemasonic institutions were all on board, because they were fronts for, for the main group that created all of this, yeah. That's what I understood. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I just want to, you know, get clarified on that. I appreciate you and what you do, and I'm sorry I haven't... Followed through on my last uh, promise of a contribution, but I will shortly. That's okay. You take care then. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye now. Yeah, and um, as I say too, um, I even put a link up tonight to show you one of the organizations that's moved into Sweden recently to prepare it all for multiculturalism and the whole of Scandinavia. It's the last bastion to go down. And... Um, it's interesting. It's going to cause a backlash on these people. And she actually said, this woman actually says it in the video. And you should ask, ask who, who has given her permission to even start this? Somebody has, obviously. And it's a clip from a newsreel done in Sweden. And I guess it was on television. But um, it's an old agenda on the go here. And uh, it's continuous across the world. And it's going to create a mayhem. Absolute mayhem if it comes to pass. And it's almost there pretty well. Most of the West has been totally, totally conquered. As I say, people look back and they don't even know. They don't know because they've adapted into the new cultures, the new normals. They've all been designed for them to destroy the strength that they had in unity as peoples. And it's been awfully, awfully effective. And people are now debased. They don't even know they're debased. Uh, and that's the new normal as well. And it's, it's lauded in the media like, oh, this is wonderful. Look at these new Barbie dolls dis- disfiguring themselves and mothers and daughters having porno shows. It's not just wonderful, etc., etc., etc. A war, a full-scale war has been on the go for a hundred years or more, but definitely the last hundred years openly. And people think it diminished and went away. With the fall of communism, no, it went into its next phase, next phase. And those people who designed and ran the communist system in Russia moved into the West big time and are still in charge of uh, completing the next phase of it all today. And communists, by the way, in, in true, their true philosophy, is not a quality whatsoever. They never said it was a quality, believe you me. They believe in uh, uh, the higher intelligentsia, the proper intelligentsia running the whole world and being awfully rich too in doing so. They have no problems with that. That double think system. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>